0: I have a deep dive for you. And this is where I take a topic to a deeper level. And today we're talking about goals, creating the life you want, and the importance of small hinges moving big doors. Before we get started, are we connected yet? I invite you to join my newsletter. The link is in the show notes. And this is a place for you and I to be connected and also the place where I announce things first, like special classes that I'm going to be offering only to my newsletter subscribers. Connect with me there. The link is in the show notes. I'm so excited for the things to come. All right. So for today's deep dive, as we approach the end of the year, there's a lot of noise about goal setting which then triggers the unmet expectations of this past year of 2017. And maybe you don't want to face it. Maybe you don't want to acknowledge it. Maybe you want to run from it. Maybe you've given up on goals. And I invite you to dive deep with me today as we explore what got in the way of this year and how you can create a better year for yourself in 2018. First off, don't beat yourself up about what you did not accomplish. That's just not allowed. And as you reflect back on 2017, remember the first rule is beating yourself up is not allowed. I invite you to get into being a scientist in your life as we look back at the gap of what you wanted to accomplish and what you did not get done that you had planned on. There's a gap and that's okay. We want to come from a place of compassion as you go and look at this process of what happened this past year. And compassion is self-kindness, common humanity. Trust me, you're not the only one. In fact, there's more of you than And the other avenue of goals were met and aligned. So be in this compassionate place. As we look at, the first thing is ask yourself, whatever the goal was that you had established in 2017, going into 2017 that you wanted to accomplish, and it could be in personal development in yourself and personal development could be you typically a typical uh, goal for the new year is lose weight, get in better shape, improve my health. It could be personal development of becoming, I mean, you're here at my show, so my show is all about personal development, you know, being the best version of yourself, get letting go of the social selves that we have created because we thought those are the rules for us to be successful and really allowing the essence of who we are to come out. So that would be taking off all that armor that we've built up and all these rules that we played by. So personal development, how have you developed in your own person? Because that's where the garden grows to create everything else. That's where it all starts from. Those are our roots. So your personal life, your personal development, it can also be in relationships. Relationships. And that can be in loved relationships, it could be lifelong partners, marriages, it could be with children, it could be with family members, it could be with friends, relationships, it can be with work colleagues. And then the other arena is work. And when I talk about work, it could be work where you get paid so that you can go and do other things in your life. It could be meaningful work, work that brings meaning, whether it's paid or not paid. So when I use the category work, I'm talking about things that you do and never discount the work that you do. Look at how maybe you have a job that is a job and, and you like it because the benefits, the, the the money, the health benefits are really important to you and your family, but it's not passion filled. But if it allows you to do the passion filled, you can look at it as this is your trust fund. By you doing this, you're able to go do X. So those are the three categories, yourself, relationships, and work. And as we look back, I want you to look at, you had this goal or you had these goals in each of those arenas. What was your commitment? Did you really commit to it? Or did you just put it out there and it was supposed to take care of itself one day? But be honest, we're not, we don't need to beat ourselves up about any of this. Because remember, that's like the first rule, it's not allowed. The next question I have is, did you believe in your goals for 2017? Did you really believe in them or were they a hope and a prayer and you were hoping somebody would grant them for you? Really be honest about this. And then finally, did you practice? Did you show up, whether it was daily, three times a week, once a week, once a month, did you show up and actually commit to practicing? So if you don't by now, I'd say pause this podcast and get a pen and paper because we're going to take this even deeper and we're going to go through this. So write down what your 2017 goals were. Did you have a goal or were you just hoping that somehow it would find you? If we're not clear about where we want to go, how are we going to get there? I always, uh, when I do goal work with clients, I talk about when you put plug into I use Google Maps and when I plug into my I plug in my destination and then I look at the different routes of which way I want to go or I add in stops to see okay how does that fit with my time I love that new feature or semi new feature on Google Maps but if I didn't know where I was going Google couldn't take me there I wouldn't have this clear cut destination and then the other thing that gets in the way of goals is well I've had this said to me well what if I don't what if I get to that weight but i actually can lose more weight than that. Guess what? When you get to that weight, you can reevaluate. When you get to that income goal, you can reevaluate. When you get to your personal development goal, you can reevaluate. It's not permanent. And the the one year goal that you're making is actually a small hinge to your life, right? All these years that we have on this planet, A year goal, while my children may think a year is forever away, I can't believe we're heading into 2018. Because I remember when the recession first started, and I heard Susie Orman say, we wouldn't be out of the recession until 2014, 2015. And I'm like, say what? That seems forever. And here we are going into 2018. 2018, it's blowing my mind. Maybe for 2017, you weren't clear about where it was you wanted to go. Maybe you indulged in the drama of, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, and you never establish a goal, and that's fantastic news because we're gonna establish them for 2018. It's okay, because do you see that by not establishing a goal, you set yourself up for not creating what it was you wanted versus committing, getting clear about what it is that you want and committing to it, practicing it, believing it, And then at the end of 2018, reevaluating what worked, what didn't work. And it's not about you being a bad person, you not being good enough, or that it's only just you. It's just about looking at what worked and what didn't work. When you set up goals, the other thing is that are you setting them up to empower you or disempower you? So we're going to look at the disempowering. Did you set up the goal? That it was so that it was impossible to meet. Did you set up a goal that you can't control? So an example of this would be um, my daughter wouldn't keep her room clean all year. Well, that's a really tough one, especially if teenagers. Or this is one that I hear a lot. I, I need my boss to approve of me. I need my boss to finally recognize my value to the company. If you set that up as a goal, you're in your boss's business. And anytime we're in somebody else's business, that that is a surefire way of creating failure in our life. So whether it's you have a teen in your home and you're trying to get them to clean it, or you have a boss and you're in their business, you're not in your own business. Those are goals that can disempower you. Another one is when you set a goal that only gives you a few ways to feel good and lots of ways to feel bad about yourself. So when you set up these goals, do, they, do you feel good? Do you feel empowered, excited, confident? And not a false sense, not a bravado of, oh, see, I'm going to prove to the world I'm so great, but like feel really good, like confident. I've got this. It's going to be tough. I can figure it out. I'm going to fall down and I can't back up. Or does it trigger the shame gremlins that you're bad? Who do you think you are? Notice when you set up these goals, we want to set up goals that we can meet. They're going to be stretches for us. They're going to, we're going to fall down, but we don't want to set up a goal where it's, I'm going to, you know, I've made 50,000 a year and I'm going to make a million dollars next year. That is unrealistic. And I'm sure there'll be exceptions to that. There'll be unicorns out there that have done that. But for most people that can be unrealistic, it takes time To build that or to say, I'm going to lose 200 pounds in a year. It takes time to lose weight. And that's where the practice and commitment come in. People, I really, really believe that you can create the results that you want. You can create who you want to become. And I say this all the time with kids in the sport of swimming. I say, look, swimming is a fantastic sport because you get to create who you want to be. And now I will never promise that somebody can become an Olympian because that is out of anyone's control. It takes, there's, there's typically it maxes out at 52 athletes every four years. And the roster has been in the forties in swimming to make the Olympic team. You need to be the top two. So all you can do is control what you can do, your training, your commitment in working at getting your hand on that wall as one or number two. But for the rest of us, we may have short-term goals and maybe Olympian is never at the end goal and that's okay. It doesn't discount the career that we've had. So going back to you and when you establish these goals is setting up goals that are going to stretch you, but are not going to be impossible within where it then allows the shame gremlins to show up in your life because that is unnecessary. Now let's reflect back on 2017. Did you set up goals that were impossible to meet? Did you set up goals that you couldn't control? Did you set up goals that only gave you a few ways to feel good and lots of ways to feel bad about yourself? When you think about this and when you reflect back, we're not beating ourselves up, we're reflecting back. Notice the feeling that you feel as we asked you those questions. Was it shame, anger, or frustration? More than likely it was shame. And that's the voice of, I'm not enough. There's something wrong with me. As I can never get what I want done or accomplished. It's only me. That's the feeling of shame. And a lot of us aren't connected with that feeling. Now I invite you to notice where you feel this feeling in your body and it's okay. Stay with me and this feeling. Stay here right now. We're practicing shame resilience. Feeling your feelings is the key to developing shame resilience, which is the ability to move through shame. We're not going to react to the shame by numbing, hiding, or going intergladiator on ourselves. And instead, I want you to get aware of feeling it. So feel it. Notice where on your body. Notice where you're feeling this feeling. Do you notice a color with the feeling? Some of my clients definitely have colors and they can they can associate that with feelings. I don't see feelings in colors. I see I feel feelings in my body. Is the feeling hard or soft? Is the feeling fast or slow? And when you feel this feeling, how do you want to react? Understanding your feeling symptoms will allow you to move through your feelings as you've identified the feeling. It's like when you go to the doctor and you can give them your feelings, they can get you a diagnosis much quicker than when you don't have symptoms or they're not, they're not commonplace. So the more that you can become familiar with your feelings and understand them, then you go, oh, I'm feeling shame right now. So instead of trying to numb it by um, spending money, eating, drinking, binging on television, you can feel the feeling. And guess what? It doesn't last as long because anytime we try to outrun it, it only festers and grows. The other thing is, what is the message the feeling is here to tell you? More than likely, if you're feeling shame, it's here to tell you that you're bad, you're broken, there's something wrong with you and only you. It's not possible for you. It's possible for other people. And I ask you to question that. Is that really true? Really? Ask yourself that. And you're going to probably want to say, yes, it's absolutely true. See, here's my body of evidence. And I ask you, how does that message serve you that it is true? that you are bad, you are broken, that you're not good enough, that you can never be possible for you. Doesn't it just provide you evidence that you really can't have what you want and want to achieve? It keeps you small in your life. It does serve you because it keeps you in the small place in your life, which then leads to more frustration. And it's living in the swampland that we've talked about. And instead, I invite you to consider how do you want to feel about yourself? And I'm going to give you a couple of feelings or a few feelings to think about. Would it be empowered, confident, love, love yourself, worthy? And if you felt those feelings, how would you show up in your life? How would you be? Think about that. We're going to return now back to 2017. And I want you to write down something that went well this year. It can be like this morning for me. I came walking out of my room and made my bed. And that's a practice I developed some years ago. Something I didn't do forever, even though all I have is a duvet cover. But I made my bed. I come out and the Christmas tree is up. The mantle is decorated. The space is clean and picked up. While it's not perfect because I do have teenagers and there are some teenage remnants around, but it was organized and clean. That was because of a commitment that I've made to really maintaining my space and getting rid of stuff and showing up in my life. And it was something that I practiced over and over. And I was like, ah, I got my book and I sat down and read this morning. It was fantastic. So what has gone well in your life this year? Notice it can be small things. It can be like, and here's an example of something small. We went to go get our Christmas tree, always get it the day after Thanksgiving just because the way our family schedule works in December. And we decided to stay local. We went to the place. We ran into some old summers that we knew, which was always fun. We walk in, we saw a tree, and we're like, oh, how about this one? We all agreed. It was the quickest tree picking we'd ever had. It was a fantastic tree. We were a little concerned it would be too big, but it worked out to be fantastic. We had our Christmas decorations up. And done on th- Friday, it was awesome, so awesome. That's what I've been wanting. simplicity in my life. and I had it so whatever the small things are, don't discount them because remember, small hinges can move big doors. okay, and there can be ease. It's okay. It doesn't have to be that we have to work so hard and struggle and overcome to get what we wanted. I had this great Christmas tree, maybe one of the best we've ever had first tree. It wasn't even packed into the lot because they just brought it off the truck. Awesome. Ease can work. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So write down the things that went well. It can be a promotion at work, your kids doing well, coffee with friends, and do this without judging. Notice your feeling state. Do you feel empowered? Do you feel confident? Do you feel loved? Do you feel worthy? Are there other feelings that you feel? And we want to look for the positive feeling states, not that negative feeling state remember, your feelings come from the stories you tell yourself. Notice your stories that you tell yourself. Are they these great stories of how things have went well? Or do you indulge in everything that didn't go well, in the negativity of your life? Notice that don't need to judge it. Just notice it. That's your way of being because it's really vulnerable to own. Oh my gosh, my kids are doing fantastic. They're doing really well in school because if we do that, then our friends may get like, well, who the hell do you think you are? You think your kids are so special, right? We're not really allowed to own the good stuff in our life. But here's the thing. You get to own it inside of you and then find those people in your life that will allow you to celebrate. It doesn't mean that they're worse. It's not about comparison because comparison sits in the seats of shame. It's about owning your story. And what people don't realize is that feelings are highly contagious. And so if we can feel good about our feelings and about our circumstances, then we can go, hey, if that's possible for her, what can I learn from that and apply it to my life? Instead of thinking that, oh, if your kids are doing well, or if you're doing great at your job, or if you're making a lot of money, that's less for me. And that's what we do but really own it. So first you have to own it with yourself and just own it. Nobody else has to know. And then know that who are the people in your life who've earned the right to hear your story and who are going to be supporting you. They're in your support seats. They're going to be so happy for you and thrilled for you. They're not going to think, they're not going to be jealous of you and want to take from you or want to put you down. They'll be willing to celebrate with you. Those are the people that you want to share this with. So now in this new feeling state that you have of empowerment, confident, love, or worthiness, I want you to start to think about the goals you have for 2018. What do you want to create in your personal development? What do you want to create in your relationships? What do you want to create in your work? Those are the three arenas, yourself, your relationships, your work. And remember. The self is not selfish because if you can take care of yourself and if you can flourish and if you can be confident, how do you show up in the world? You're going to have so much to give. You cannot give what you don't have. So if you want to give your spouse or your partner or your mother or your father or sibling love, you have to have love for yourself because you can't give away what you don't have. One of my favorite examples is my family is uh, growing up. My family of origin is lifelong San Francisco 49er fans. And when I was a kid, I grew up in the uh, Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, Steve Young era, Dwight Clark, Jerry Rice. And so I will give this example to my clients and say, okay, if I ask you for a San Francisco 49ers sweatshirt, can you give me one? And they'll look at me and they say, well, I can go buy you one. I'm like, no, but do you have one in your closet? And they're like, well, no because they didn't maybe grow up in San Francisco or they're not 49ers fan. I said, so you can't give me what you don't have. And that's the same as if you want to give love to somebody, you have to have it yourself. If you want to give compassion to somebody, you have to have it yourself. If you want to give empowerment to somebody, you have to feel it yourself. And we believe that we're that selfish if we take care of ourselves. But what happens is when we take care of ourselves, our capacity to take care of other people grows significantly. So the self and your own personal development is so huge. You have the ability to take care of yourself, to fuel your body, to create, to have space for exercise and movement in your life, to prime your brain. You have energy now to show up in the other arenas of your life, to take care of those relationships and nurture them and create the relationships of connection and belonging that you want to go out and do meaningful work. And whether it's volunteer work, whether it's how you want to show up in your life and in your workplace doing meaningful work. Maybe you don't even like the subject matter, but how can you show up and make a difference and a contribution towards your company? So remember that it's about small hinges moving big doors. These are the small hinges that will move the big doors of getting yourself in the feelings that you have, believing in yourself, committing to your goal, being clear about your goal. And they can be creating morning rituals about priming your brain. It could be about journaling in the morning and really training your brain on what you want to believe in. Reading things that inspire you, things that open up your brain instead of all the train wrecks that we tend to read about and fill our minds with. Committing to you, committing to yourself, looking at ways to create space for yourself where you commit to yourself. Practicing. It is a practice. Transformation and change happen, then you have to practice. I can teach anyone how to swim, even somebody who's had traumatic experiences. It takes time and practice. And you're believing in yourself. And that goes back to priming your brain. One of the things that I was noticing was this year is I love to read. Well, that's not necessarily true. Uh, I do love to learn. For a long time, I got really uh, resistance towards reading because I'd read so much for the show. But I'm back to really wanting to read. And so I still love to buy books and I like to learn and grow. But I wasn't, quote, finding the time for reading in my life. Well, I have to make the time and make the commitment. And one of the things that I do now, I love it, is that I have a fire in the morning. I get up before the family. And on certain mornings of the week, I pull out a book and I read. And before that, I usually journal and then I read. And I'm really deliberate about what do I put in my brain? One of the things that I'm not allowed to do is check my email first thing in the morning. And I do break that rule because a couple weeks ago, I checked it first thing in the morning at five o'clock and it's like, oh my gosh. And of course, there's that problem in the email inbox. Not a great way to start the day. So really being protective of what I put into my, my headspace in the morning as I start my day, then allows me to be grounded. And then I can deal with those problems instead of waking up and being, ah, oh, see, I should have just slept more. That, that's hiding away really priming yourself and it's so fun for me to get up and read in the morning and some people may like to read at night and sometimes that happens for me but sometimes the stuff that I like to read is really learning based and my brain is kind of like Ooh, it's really foggy. So in the morning when my brain is crisp and really ready to absorb the ideas and the stories and the stuff that I want to learn, that's when I do it. You will figure out for you. this is just I'm sharing this as an example. And I'd love to sit in front of the fire, have a cup of coffee and do my reading and my journaling in the morning. It's awesome. And I don't do it perfectly and I don't do it every day. So figure out what works for you, but priming your brain. I used to wake up and check like Facebook and email and Instagram, and especially on those Saturdays when maybe I didn't have much going on. And then I get really frustrated and anxious because all of a sudden I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's 930 in the morning. I've been doing this for two hours. What a waste. And I don't like to waste time. I don't like to not be productive, even on my days that are have white space. But it was still frustrating because there were other things that I wanted to get done. And then I would start to beat myself up, which is not allowed because that's not compassionate. So really being deliberate about what do you want to put into that space and allowing yourself to have that time where you're just fumbling around. But I don't like to do that first thing in the morning. So you'll figure that out. So as we go back to looking at what didn't work in 2017 and why there is a gap between what it was that you wanted and what it is that you created, maybe it was there wasn't clarity. Maybe you you didn't establish what you wanted to have. Maybe it was you didn't commit to it. It just didn't happen. I make a choice every morning to make my bed. Some days I'm like, oh, but I could do it later. And even doing the show, I was like, oh, but I could do it later. And I looked at the rest of my week and it's basically a shit show. And I said, no, get it done now. And I wanted to find all these other excuses, wasn't inspired, da da, da, da. It's like, no, sit down, write it, and then do the show. I'm so thankful I've done doing the show right now. But making that commitment to yourself and then practicing and believing in yourself, that is the key. You must believe in you. And there are days that maybe you don't believe in you. And that's when you go back to the people who are in those support seats in your life and you lean on them. Here's the thing. They're going to get tired. You can't always be leaning on them. Come from a person that so heavily in my life from teenagehood through adulthood was leaning on people to give me confidence in myself. One, I could get a little bit of it. Wasn't so powerful. It wasn't until in all those arenas of my life that I actually believed on myself that I was really able to execute the goals that I wanted. So while they could get me back up and kind of keep me going, I really wasn't in that thriving space. I really wasn't creating the results that I wanted. And in that space, when you're not creating in that gap, that's a really crappy place to be. It's very indulgent. It's a lot of suffering. It's a lot of pain and frustration, and then self-hatred grows and it festers. It's just not a fun place to be. Versus when you commit and you go out there and you do it, and you're in this place of doing, and you're challenging yourself and you're growing, it's pretty fun. And if you can come from a place of curiosity and be that, be like that kid, it's like, okay, we're going to go do this. And instead of having all this adult, you know, no, you can't do it, the naysayers in your head, along with the shame gremlins, going out and trying and committing, but first be clear. And then you get to reevaluate at the end of the year, or you can even reevaluate in six months and say, okay, let's check in now. Am I in the direction of where I want to be? Is there something else that i learned? And pay attention to that. And always be honest with yourself by owning your story, owning your truth. What, what was your commitment level? What was your commitment to practice? Maybe, you know, it could be that, oh, reading and uh, journaling a few times a week isn't enough. You know, I need to do this more. You know, maybe I'm allowing too much white space in my life and really look at that and go, okay, what can I realistically commit to where you're allowing yourself to set yourself up for success? There is no right way and there is no wrong way. It's about getting information, taking a look at it. And then seeing, is this getting you the results that you want? And if not, what do you need to do differently? What do you want to do differently? And paying attention to that. And along the way, remember, small hinges can move big doors. So even though you have this goal for 2018, and it can seem like, wow, that's a you know big goal, or that's 2018, it's a goal of many years. It's your, it's your, instead of body of work, it's your body of life and these goals that we have, and then you grow upon them. The reason that I can come out to this organized space this morning is because of years of what we've done and established as practices so that this morning I walk out and it's all clean. It wasn't that I did this huge decluttering over the Thanksgiving holiday. It was that there have been things slowly and surely. I remember I took Peter Walsh's advice years ago, and I used to be the person who would say, He's Oprah's Clutter guy, and frequent guest on the show. And I used to think, oh my gosh, I need to take a week off of work and I need to purge everything and get it all perfect, right? Just like you would see in a home improvement show. And I would have all the zest and gung ho and I'd do it deep and hard and, you know, dig through stuff and get rid of stuff. And I'd get my husband involved for a period of time until he couldn't handle it anymore. And I'd fry and burn in three days. And not, it wouldn't be a finish. And then I would say, oh, see, I really couldn't get it done. And one of the most powerful things that Peter Walsh told me, he's told me many, was if you have 10 minutes, clean out a drawer. And then here's what I add to that. Say yay me. If you have that drawer, yay me. And sometimes it could be just, last week uh, I cleaned out, we have a silverware tray that we hold stuff in, and it kind of got gross. And we all our silverware happened to be mostly out of it. So I was like, I'm going to wash this right now. Took three minutes to do that. And I was so excited to put it back in. It was nice and clean. We put the silverware back in and it was clean versus looking and going, oh, that's disgusting. I can't believe I'm pulling silverware out of there. can be small things and you say, yay me. That's the other thing that you must do and really own it. And it's those small steps that allow you to walk into a space one day and you go, wow, look at this that I've created for myself and allowing yourself to be proud of that. So whatever avenue it's in, it can be in yourself, in your relationships, and in your work. And notice I'm talking about the space that I live in, which for me is really important. And it's not, definitely not perfect, but it's part of my own personal development. That's where I keep that arena. As you establish your goals for 2018, go through this process and really be, when you're writing these goals down, get yourself rooted in a positive feeling state, empowered, confident, Love worthy, and then create the goals that you want. And remember, it's small hinges that move big doors. Small hinges move big doors. Thank you so much for listening to today's deep dive. Today, I want to hear from you. What did you find most valuable from this episode of Small Hinges Can Move Big Doors? Go to the iTunes link and let me know, or hit reply on this week's newsletter and send me an email until next time I'm smelling big for you lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide.